You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. All right. So Dr. Mayan Lin is joining us today. Dr. Lin is a colorectal surgeon at Mercy One Des Moines Surgical Care. Hi, Dr. Lin. Hi, Liz. Thank you for having me here today. Thank you for uh, joining us today. Can you just kind of tell us a little bit about what you do as a colorectal surgeon? Yes, um, as a colon and rectal surgeon, um, we treat uh, diseases of mainly the colon, the rectum, um, and uh, the anus. Um, many times, uh, too, depending on the disease process, um, we also treat diseases of the small bowel. Um, so we're going to talk today about debunking some colonoscopy myths. Do you feel like most patients come in kind of with an understanding of how things are going to go, or do you see a lot of apprehension in people? Um, yes, definitely. I think um, colonoscopies uh, are uh, somewhat uh, stigmatized out there. Um, there are a lot of uh, myths about uh, getting a screening colonoscopy. Um, and one of the um, you know, most popular ones I hear is that um, it's a really difficult procedure to undergo. People think it's painful and it's very awful. Um, but actually, colonoscopy procedure is not painful. Um, and uh, typically, sedation um, is used very generously during the procedure to minimize any discomfort that people may have. Um, actually, most of the time, people uh, wake up from the procedure afterwards and they ask me, Oh, uh, did we even have the procedure? So, um, you know, I think that's one of the things uh, most people have a misconception of. One of the myths that we found was uh, a lot of people think that if they don't have symptoms that they don't need to get a colonoscopy. Can you talk a little on that? Yep, um, absolutely. So definitely um, something that I hear very often is, well, screening is only necessary for individuals who have symptoms. But actually, the reality is that since early colorectal cancer usually has no symptoms, um, that's what makes um, getting screening colonoscopies even more important. Um, colonoscopies um, are designed when we do them for screening to catch polyps um, and things that will eventually develop into cancer. But um, um, the whole thought behind doing screening is that we catch them early before it becomes cancer. And so screening is actually uh, to check for cancer in people with no symptoms at all. And um, right now, the recommend, recommended age um, for getting your screening colonoscopy for people with no prior personal or family history of colon cancer is 45 years, um, because we've uh, seen a lot more um, of colorectal cancer in younger and younger patients as the years go on. Yeah, I was about to ask, I believe that it was older previously, and they actually recently within the last few years lowered that age down to 45. Yes, um, you're absolutely right. It used to be 50 years um, old. But um, recently, if you look at the trends um, from an epidemiology standpoint of uh, patients in the US um, getting diagnosed with colon and rectal cancer, it's um, the age group has uh, dropped quite a bit um, to younger folks. And um, that's what led to the change in the guidelines recently. Um, one of the other myths that I saw a lot of was, you know, people who were saying I don't have uh, symptoms, but the other thing was I'm not at risk. So there's not family history. So I also don't need to have a colonoscopy because of that. 
Great, um, great point. So yes, that's what um, a lot of people think that only people with a family history of colon cancer can get it. But in reality, about 75% of all new cases of colorectal cancer actually occur in patients who have no known risk factors for the disease and no prior family history. Um, in fact, you know, in patients who actually do have a family history, we usually uh, start uh, many times even earlier than the recommended uh, 45 years, depending on when the youngest age of someone um, who had it in their family was. So um, that's definitely um, really important for people to know, even without a family history of colon cancer, it's something um, important still. I'll also ask, I know a lot of people think, well, because I'm a woman and colon cancer is usually talked about, you know, when we're talking about men, but women are also can get colon cancer. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, so colorectal cancer can strike both women and men. And actually, um, in the recent years, um, we estimated about 78,000 uh, new cases of colorectal cancer diagnosed in men, 69,000 um, of those diagnosed in women. Um, and actually, colorectal cancer is the second leading cause of cancer death in both men and women um, in the United States. And so um, actually, slightly more than half of the people who actually die from cancer are actually women. And so, um, you know, whichever way you look at it, um, it can uh, equally affect both men and women. It's equally as important for both um, uh, men and women to get their screening colonoscopies. Okay, so I'm going to move a little into talking about um, preparing for the colonoscopy and the actual myths around the colonoscopy themselves. So uh, a lot of people, I think, in just conversation and have fears that the prep the days and before is like incredibly horrible to go through, that there's a lot that they have to do to prepare for a colonoscopy. What does the prep look like now? Because I know it's changed. Yes. Um, so one um, thing that many people, and I think this is just passed on from, you know, uh, previous generations when they're telling their kids about their colonoscopy experiences, they would say, oh, I had to drink four gallons of stuff and it was awful. And it was just so much liquid. I felt like my teeth were floating in my head, uh, that sort of thing. But we have a lot um, better and lower volume preps now. Um, you know, in all honesty, it's not going to taste like, you know, a nice cold beer or, you know, um, soda or anything like that. Um, it definitely, it's still prep, but it's much lower volume now and it is, um, much more tolerable. And I, more and more, I have, I, I feel like I don't really hear people, um, tell me the prep was that awful. And so, um, I think we have a lot more tolerable um, and more palatable preps now. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know, like what, what is the prep that, like, what does it all consist of? What is the purpose of it? Can Yes, um, definitely. So one of the most popular preps um, that we've been using is a combination of Miralax and Gatorade, actually. So we'll have our patients go um, purchase some Gatorade, and then we'll send in um, for the Miralax. And, you know, if you think about it, it's the same um, Miralax that people get over the counter that you might take occasionally for some constipation here and there. And so it's just um, more volume of that. And so you just mix it in with the Gatorade, um, tastes like Gatorade. And 
And um, the purpose of the prep is to clean out the colon um, of any stool. Uh, the point of a colonoscopy is so we can see the colonic mucosa and the inside of the colon. And um, in order to do that, it's important that we clean it out so that um, there aren't a lot of stool um, residual particles that are there covering the mucosa. And that way we can get a really good look at everything. So I know we kind of talked a little bit just right off the bat about the colonoscopies being painful, but some people also are afraid that colonoscopies are dangerous. Can you explain that? Yes. Um, so that is a great point. You know, as with any um, procedure or any surgery, um, and, and I'm a surgeon, so I definitely talk to my patients about any type of risk uh, before starting the procedure. Um, there's always a risk of bad things happening. Um, and, you know, I would say uh, similar to you getting in your car in the morning and driving to work, there's always a risk that an accident can happen. Um, sometimes it's not really within your control. Um what I can say is um, the risk of injury to your colon um, actually happens at a very, very low rate. And, um, you know, even when it does happen, we recognize those things immediately uh, most of the time and we're able to uh, take care of you um, and take care of the problem. So um, I think that uh, the rate of injury to the colon um, is uh, probably um, exaggerated a little bit um, mm -hmm you know, out in, um, in conversation and things like that. Obviously, if you have a friend who's had a bad experience with it, it's going to affect how you feel about it. But when you look at all the colonoscopies being done every day in the entire US, um, these uh, complications actually happen at a very, very low rate. One of the other things that I feel like definitely comes up in conversations around colonoscopies is I am people are a little embarrassed or they're a little they feel uncomfortable, especially talking about that. Um, can you kind of just walk us through why they shouldn't? Yes, um, I, you know, I can understand that. Um, I'm coming up on my own colonoscopy here in a few years. And it, you know, it is a little embarrassing. Um, it's an area where the sun doesn't shine, and it's not really on public display all the time. So I um, most people, though, um, they don't remember very much from the procedure at all. And when you go into the procedure room, you're completely covered up. Um, we don't typically start uh, the procedure until you've gotten a few rounds of the sleepy medication and you're very uh, comfortable. And it's at that time where we start the procedure. So really nothing um, to um, feel embarrassed about. Um, you know, everyone has a colon and, you know, everyone needs to get it screened. So, um, you know, nothing that we haven't seen before. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, you know, safest place to be with are people who do this for a living. You, you know what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. That's why we went into colorectal surgery. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, awesome. Well, next month Mar or March is uh, colorectal cancer awareness month. So is there anything you want to talk about there? Um, yes. So, you know, just starting off um, briefly, colore uh, colorectal cancer, um, it's a cancer of the colon and rectum, and it all begins with development of precancerous polyps um, that occur in the lining of the colon and rectum. And um, a lot of people ask me what polyps are. Uh, they basically are mushroom-like growths. Um, they form when cells lining the colon grow, divide, and then um, eventually reproduce into unhealthy uh, type of cells. 
and the polyps can become cancerous over time. Um, they invade the colon and eventually, if not taken care of, they can um, spread to other parts of the body through the blood vessels. And so um, because, you know, men and women um, are equally at risk for developing colorectal cancer, um, even if you don't have a family history. Um, screening colonoscopy is really the most powerful tool we have to prevent cancer. And um, <clears throat> I think that's one thing I wanted to hit home is that colonoscopies, you know, the goal is not to detect a cancer, especially in patients who don't have symptoms. It's really to prevent a cancer from happening. And if we're doing our job and getting the message out there um, with screening colonoscopy, we, you know, should be able to lower the rate of people getting diagnosed and dying from cancer every year. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's always the big push with all cancer screenings is cancer screenings are preventative. They're not that like that's their whole purpose is to prevent cancer from forming. And then when it is, if it is caught, then it's caught at a early, early, early stage so that it can be eradicated quickly. Exactly. And, you know, Liz, um, I think the last kind of important point um, with regards to colorectal cancer screening is that um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, have heard about a blood test or a stool test that can be sent in to um, detect cancer. And I think it's important for people listening to this podcast to know that um, the colonoscopy is still the best tool that we have. It's the gold standard. And the beauty of it is that it's both uh, diagnostic and therapeutic. And what I mean by that is if you send a sample of your stool in or a sample of your blood in to get tested, if that detects an abnormality, there's no option at that moment to treat it. But when we do a colonoscopy and we find a polyp, we can and we do treat it at that time by removing it. And so um, you can think of a colonoscopy as a one and done, whereas if you opt for the blood or the stool test, you have to come back for a colonoscopy anyway, if it's abnormal. So, um, you know, I think that's important for people to um, know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and if you're going to if if something is found and like you said, you have to come back in for a colonoscopy anyways, you might as well get it done with the first time. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us, Dr. Lin. Is there anything else you wanted to let the people know? Um, no, I think um, I think that was about it, you know, with regards to um, everything we've talked about so far. Um, you know, colonoscopy, you know, just to conclude, it's really not that scary. Um, and, you know, it's really worth taking the time to take the prep and go through the procedure. It's a same day procedure, so you can get out of there in a couple hours, continue on with your day. Um, and the payoff is you know, um, immeasurable if we take out polyps that could potentially turn into cancer later on. Yes. Yes. So true. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Send us feedback by emailing podcast at mercyhealth.com and visit us online at mercyone.org backslash podcast for all of our episodes.